Welcome to Fold in the Cheese, the recipe for fantasy football success. We are your hosts, two average dudes, watched a lot of football, played a lot of fantasy football, and our wives told us to get real jobs. And uh, we said pass. We'd much rather talk about football instead, so here we are. Uh, this is a podcast for those who are just starting in the fantasy football. We want to bring some knowledge to help you get started. We'll be here along with you on the whole journey throughout the season, checking in, checking in with players and seeing who we should sit, who we should start, all that fun stuff. And for those who are a little more advanced, don't worry, we got some stuff for you too. Yeah, so if you're a casual fantasy player and you're tired of not winning, we're going to change that for you. If you never played before and you feel like, hey, I think I'd like to play this and I think I'd like to win my first time through, we're here for you too. Let's make this happen. Get some W's. Let's get it. Welcome into a special edition of Folding the Cheese. Special edition. My goodness, what is going on? You know it. You just heard from him. The main man, the co-host, E, Ethan Gelfan. It's your boy K-Troll on the mic. What's going on? Not the much, man. I'm, I had to adjust my schedule. Special Friday episode. My gosh. This yeah, is I know. amazing. I had to take off of work today for this. Well done. I so, had to... Yeah get the thing out of the oven but yeah there's a food in there yeah well played um we're gonna do something extra today because i was notified in a few of my public leagues that i'm in that uh trade deadlines are coming up so right. i was thinking you know what since we're here to help people through their first fantasy season or help people who aren't super savvy through fantasy seasons let's talk about trade deadlines and let's talk about some trades you may want to look at we're gonna talk about playoff schedules we're gonna talk about matchups uh, playoffs don't talk about playoffs you kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Talk about bye weeks, how to how to maneuver that. A lot of extra content in this episode I think is going to be pretty helpful for some people. So um, just thought it'd be cool to throw something extra out there. Yeah, man, I like it. So first, we just talk about kind of what the concept is behind the trade deadline and kind of why they exist or just want to jump right into it. I can't tell you why they exist because I think they're dumb. But <laughs> I will tell you, um, in general, the trade deadline is a point at which you can no longer make trades within your league. And so the idea is like, hey, once you get beyond this point, your roster is pretty set other than what you can pick up on the waivers of free agency. So after your trade deadline, which in the Yahoo Public League, I I joined the Yahoo Public League this year just to kind of see how the scoring worked and make sure I knew everything. In the Yahoo Public League that I'm in, the trade deadline is tomorrow, the 20th of November. And And I think this thing can range. I mean, in ESPN, I've got one that's like December 4th. I mean, it kind of ranges. And as you said, in our league, we don't we don't have one. So it just as you said, it depends on the league. But I think really the concept behind why there is a trade deadline, it's not to prevent sandbagging. So your team could be out of it. Like, you know, you're not making the playoffs, but your buddy could be fighting for a playoff spot or, or really just trying to shore up their team. So what you could do is trade Alvin Kamara for Devin Singletary. And, you know, people are like, what the heck? Like, this is crap. But the trade deadline kind of stops that. So it's basically, OK, at this point, you know, there's still a lot up in the air. So a lot of people are still vying for those positions. But now you can't do anything after this. Yep. Um, so it kind of prevents that from from happening. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think I kind of make light of it because in our league, I I reign with an iron fist. So <laughs> I feel like I keep I keep pretty tight control over like what happens. Like I'm never vetoing trades or anything like that. But if. I, first off, I know all the people in the league really well. So if anything were to happen like that, I would just reach out and be like, hey, this is clearly bullshit. I'm not going to let that trade go through. I have singular veto power in the league, which, I, again, Iron Fist. This is not a cheerocracy. This is it's a not cheer-tatorship. A <laughs> this is a cheer-tatorship. And um, so if there's ever any kind of like threat of collusion, then, of course, you know, we'd, we would rally around and make sure that got thwarted. But Thwarted, great. 
Wow. Yeah, in so, a public yeah. league, you need one, obviously. And if you're joining a new league and you don't know the people all that well, it's, it's just, it is a good way to make sure that you don't get stuck in a weird position. Right. I so I like that. So with that being said, there are, there's a strategy around trade deadlines. It's not like, hey, make all your trades right now. But if you, if you think that you're maybe a few pieces away from a championship run, or if you're not sure if you're a few pieces away, we're going to give you some information that you might want to consider mm-hmm. and look at and say, hey, when the playoffs come around, if I'm lucky enough to be in the playoffs, here's what my team's schedules are going to look like. Here's what my players are going to look like five, six, seven games from now. Here's some things I need to consider to make sure that I'm ready to go for a playoff run because playoffs and fantasy is randomly a pretty different game than regular season, especially oh, the very end of the playoffs. I was going to say it's completely different because, and, and we'll get into this, but uh, you know, a couple of years back, if there are teams that are clearly the number one, two or, or number one seed, number two seed, the last couple of weeks of the season, they're going to be sitting their top players because they don't, their playoff position is not going to change. So that can greatly impact your team as you're trying to fight for the championship because all of a sudden Russell Wilson isn't playing because there's no reason for him to in that last game. And now yeah. you're screwed and have to play Ryan Fitzpatrick who is out, but you could put him in anyway. Sure. Gino Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pick up Gino just for that. Pick up Gino. So yeah, that's a good point too. And so a lot of leagues will play up until the last week of the NFL season. Yeah. And that's week 18 this year because there's 17 games and every team gets a buy. Um, our league plays until week 17. So the championship is week 17. But even still, if a team has already secured their future, you may not see a, a player sit an entire game, but you might see one half out of them. You know, you mm-hmm. may, you know, if, if for instance, let's say the Titans just continue the steamroll and they're at 14 and two, or, you know, 13 and two going into week 17. And they got, you got Tannehill on your roster, you got AJ Brown on your roster. If they're up at halftime, they might say, okay, good enough. You know, or if they see news from around the league that another team that's in contention lost, they don't need to win this game, whatever. They're going to rest their players, mm-hmm. make sure they don't get injured. So you can get some weird stuff happening in championship week in particular. Yeah. I think you and I were literally just before the podcast started looking back on previous, um, playoff teams that you and I've had and, and results. And it is kind of interesting to sometimes see the players who you have on that championship game roster. And it's, it's not necessarily the guys who were carrying you the, the, uh, the regular season, but because you see these players sit like, okay, well I'm going to pick this guy because he's going to be getting the full load. So it's, it's interesting to kind of see how that all plays out. Uh, but I think still the best matchup we've ever had was dolphins versus Bengals. <laughs> dolphins. Bengals. Golly. <laughs> we look back on that thing this morning we had 40 plus points from both of our quarterbacks, Andy <laughs> Dalton and Ryan Fitzpatrick, 40 plus points for the 2019 Bengals and Dolphins. Be sure to look up that box score. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Both your tight. You had the Bengals. You had both tight ends. You, you flexed CJ Uzoma. <laughs> he and he and uh, Tyler Eifert both got touchdowns. I mean, yep. Tyler Boyd went nuts. CJ Uzoma was predicted for one point. He got me 14. So I'll take it. <laughs> I had to start the likes of Isaiah Ford <laughs> and Miles Gaskin. Gaskin, Gaskin. Gaskin was good. Patrick Laird was not as good. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, a in a high scoring game, we literally had the highest scoring matchup of the week. And that's including the championship game. We had over, I think you had 139 points. I had like 148. So, uh, but here's the best part. So Andy Dalton gets me 40 something. Uh, Tyler Boyd gets me 30 something. I had Joe Mixon and guess what he got me? nine joe mixon <laughs> so screw you boy. Joe mixon get out of here <laughs> i think that's kind of how it all started because i think i had miles gaskin and Devonte parker that year and you had mixon and maybe boyd and you're like 
you know what? We have a couple of players we in these shitty teams. They We're are going to play each this. other. <laughs> like, it wouldn't be that hard to pick up a bunch of others. And we we actually did coerce a few of our league mates who were not in the championship to drop a right. few guys, too. <laughs> I was like, could you drop someone? I don't know why someone had to drop Andy Dalton, but someone had to drop Andy Dalton. Yeah, why would he be on a like, team? Jeez. Anyway, that was funny. Um, it was good times. So let's get back to the playoffs here. Yes. Um, I got a couple of tenets I think you want to consider. And then we're going to go into some actual players who have certain matchups, targets that you want to look at. Maybe you want to try and work out a trade deal for them. Um, again, these are your teams. Okay. So if you like your team where it's at, if you're happy with your squad, don't go messing it up. If you're nope. doing great, if you're nine and one, like Sonya Troll, don't go messing with it. <laughs> Right. Don't need to if force any trades. That's the thing. Just yeah. because there is a deadline, it's like, oh crap, should I make a, a big deal right now? No, you don't have to. If you're liking your matchups, you're liking how your team has been performing and getting here, then stay. But this is just kind of if maybe you're looking to make that extra kind of push, if you're just maybe to go on to, to dive a little deeper into stats matchups, this is kind of where we're going to be talking about and what you might want to consider. Yeah, and we're going to give you some one-for-one trade options here where it may not seem like it's a win for you just based on the players. They're they're kind of similar. They're doing the same thing this year. Mm-hmm. But when the schedules open up for the last few weeks, you could have a pretty big advantage. So uh, that's the kind of stuff we're talking about here. So first thing I would tell you is you'll start to see some of this trickery. <laughs> Look at the bye weeks, okay? This is one this is one move that a, a veteran player will, will work on you. So if you have a player... And they have not had their bye week yet. And there's some 13 and 14, week 13, mm-hmm. week 14 buys this year. If the guy hasn't a bye week yet, and you can get a player of a similar caliber who's already had their bye week in a trade, that's a slam dunk. That's because you're going to get an extra week out of that player. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to have to worry about scrambling to fill in for, I'll, I'll mention Jonathan Taylor. So I'm probably not going to trade away Jonathan Taylor no matter what because he's such a stud. But, for instance, if someone was like, I'll give you Christian McCaffrey for Jonathan Taylor. Okay, they're both studs, right? They're both freaks. Maybe you're worried about Christian McCaffrey's health. But McCaffrey's already had his bye. Taylor hasn't. And that's a, that's a scenario that probably won't ever play out. But humor me. That's a scenario where right. you would say, okay, equal players. One's had a bye and one hasn't. I'll take it. You know, Extra week. Extra points. You don't have to yeah. then scour the waiver wire for someone who, you know, isn't on by that week and just is just a fill in. So here you can just get that free week and the points. Yeah. Especially when you're looking at week 13 and 14, because week mm-hmm. 14 could very well be the last regular season game. To you may you need that game spot. to get into the playoff spot. The last thing you want to do is have Jonathan Taylor sitting on your bench, your best player on your bench. And you've got to scramble to find Khalil Herbert getting six carries <laughs> in Chicago, you know, or, or something like that. So, I mean, I'm looking at my team, T.Y. Hilton on by week 14. What am <laughs> what you, I going to do? What are you going to do? He's your second best receiver right now. Scrambling. <laughs> so look at bye weeks and, and you can, this is not, it's not cheating and it's not even unethical. This is no, just being smart. Strategy. It's a strategy. If you've got somebody has got a late bye week, think about shopping them in a trade to somebody else. And look at a player who doesn't have a late bye week. He's already had their bye week. And you don't have to bring it up. Hey, my guys are, you know, your guys already had a bye week. That's why I want him. You don't tell anybody that. Just, yeah, I think these guys are pretty equal players. I'd rather have your guy. Would you rather have mine? Boom. Make the deal. You got an extra week out of your player. Boom. Do it. The other thing I'd say is um, look for your handcuffs. So as we get to the end of the season, it's going to be even more important. If you're going to, if you're going to kind of ride or die with the roster you've got, you better make sure it's pretty well insulated. So Can you uh, you want to just define handcuffs real quick? Yeah, it's it's typically going to be for running backs, and there are a couple of examples with receivers. 
we're really looking at running backs here. And it's really, you need a situation where an elite, you have an elite running back, number one, that has like an elite offense. Number two, there's a very clear backup to who would take over the role if your player got hurt. So a handcuff is, I've got, let's say Dalvin Cook, right? Which Ethan does have. I do. I know. Ethan's Ethan's got Dalvin Cook. His backup is Alexander Madison. And it's a very clear backup like if dalvin's mm-hmm. out madison gets like 25 carries and he's really good right so that, that's already happened this year he had two games where madison started and he was the workhorse and got great performances god knows we've talked about tony pollard a lot on this podcast that tony. is ezekiel elliott's handcuff so coincidentally ethan and i have each other's handcuffs and we'll probably as the season winds down end up trading those because once you get into the playoffs i don't want to bank on hoping his guy gets an injury and not mine. I just want to make sure that I don't care what happens to his guy. If my guy goes down, I've got his backup, right? Mm-hmm. So in this case, you want to make sure, do your best. I mean, don't overpay like ridiculously, but do your best to make sure you have the handcuff for your star players, especially your running backs, because injuries happen. Players get sat, as Ethan talked about. You get to the mm-hmm. championship week. Maybe, maybe the Cowboys sit Zeke and Tony Pollard gets 30 carries. If he gets 30 carries, he'll be an absolute monster. Yes. That'll win you a championship. You know, that's what I'm hoping for right now. You know, it just sits Zeke. He's fine for now. It's let him rest for the next few games. That's what I need. Yep. So um, look into your handcuffs. And I'd say if you've got one or two bench spots for that, because chances are you don't have like three monster stud running backs that have very clear handcuffs. Um, If you've got two of them, I would probably get their two backups if you can. Nice. Another note. You want to take this one? Oh, sure, man. Let's go for it. Uh, The other thing is kind of revisiting your notes from the draft room. You know, this is kind of the last chance you're going to get to use that for your advantage. You know, in our league, we have a lot of guys who sometimes we might reach for Homer picks. Uh, so if you have some of those guys and you know that they're really high on them, you might want to think about dangling those players to maybe make a trade that's been more beneficial for your team. So, you know, we have one guy in our league who is a huge Washington football team fan. And if you have Terry McLaurin, he might be willing to overpay for him to try and get him on his squad. So that might be an area where you could say, okay, here's where I can maybe sweeten the deal, make something so I can get the advantage out of that trade. And it's all because you have that knowledge from when you did your preparation in the preseason, going into the draft and just kind of knowing the background of who's in your league and tendencies like that. Uh, Camp, you got anybody in mind like that, that you have that someone else loves? I happen to have a Chris Godwin on my team that I know someone else in this podcast loves. And one of the reasons I drafted him was because I knew he loved him. And, and <laughs> I would do the same thing with, you know, the Washington folks um, that you mentioned. Um, Ricky, who does listen to the podcast, I will give him props. He's too smart for this trick. And <laughs> he learned this one pretty early on. Um, but I will say, like, that's a really good example, though. Like, there's a sense of urgency about the trade deadline specifically mm-hmm. that tells people last chance to buy. Last chance. Right? This is your last chance. If you think Terry McLaurin is a stud and you really want him on your roster, I personally think he's a freak of a, an athlete and a great receiver. I don't trust that offense. I would want to dump him for somebody that I did trust more. Sure. And so we've got some examples down below, but you go to that Washington fan and say, Hey, I know you want to have McLaurin on your team. Trade deadlines coming up. I know we haven't talked about it a whole lot, but you want to try and make a deal work out. Like I'm interested in this guy on your team. What do you think you want to do it? And if they're thinking, man, it'd be really cool to, to be able to root for my Washington football team and root for my fantasy team and win a championship. Like how cool would that be? We all, we all have homers that we we'd prefer to have. Right. I mean, so I think it's, it's something, a uh, part of the strategy you got to keep in mind. Yeah, for sure. We'll talk about Godwin later. You and I off, off screen, <laughs> off screen. <laughs> all right. So here's one other thing I wanted to talk about because 
I don't know that it gets factored in all that much when you're when you're trying to do trades. So like I know in Yahoo, and I think ESPN does this too. If you're trying to make a trade, there's this button that says like evaluate trade, which will tell you, hey, if you make this deal, here's how it's going to end up for your opponent. Here's how it's going to end up for you based on their projections. I was going to say okay? projection wise. It's not going to yeah. say you're going to win your next four games. <laughs> yeah, projection wise. And you got to take those with a grain of salt. Although some people use those like the Bible, like those, some people are like, if, if those projections don't favor them, you're not going to make that trade. So <laughs> you got to be, you got to be careful who you're dealing with. And, and at the same time, sometimes you can use those to your advantage and say like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's actually going to happen. So yeah. Yeah. See, Yahoo says you're going to do much better. You got to well, make like, this deal. And you and I were talking about Debo Samuel is a perfect example for this. How many times has he been projected to get 13, 14 points and he gets you 26, 27. You know, I think yeah. this week he's projected for 13. It's like, that's absurd. He just dropped the 30 point game. He's literally averaging 17, 18. He averages 22. Okay, 22. He's so, averaging 22 points a game. As Kemper said, take those with a grain of salt and don't fall victim. Again, similar to the blind resumes. Don't fall victim to the projections. Don't fall victim to a name. And I think I am personally falling victim to the name right now, but I digress. You are. We can talk <laughs> about that deal as well. So that's a great example with Debo though. So think about Go and you can you can sort your players in the players tab and in both of these um, leagues, ESPN and Yahoo. Figure out how many points these players are putting up on average. And this will also help you figure out how many of the injured players are putting up on average. If you pull a list of the rankings of the top scoring running backs right now, who's not going to be in your top 25? Kareem Hunt. You know, we talked about him in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, David Montgomery is not going to be on there. He's been injured. Antonio Brown. Christian McCaffrey's not going to be in there. He's been out yeah. for half the season, right? So there are guys that are not going to show up on that. But if you sort by average points, you're going to get an idea of when these guys play, here's how what they perform. Yep. Yeah, and Antonio Brown's a great example too. In those five games he's played or whatever, he's absolutely lit it up. And so people may have forgotten that, and they look at, hey, he hasn't scored a whole lot of points, or hey, he's been out for a long time or whatever. Use the average points as a guide to help you make some pretty advantageous deals for yourself, especially mm-hmm. for guys who are coming back from injury or who have been back from injury, you know, sure. if you're nervous about when AB is going to come back. And now of course you're talking about like, did he fake his, I was going to say, did, you, did you see that headline? <laughs> he paid for a fake vaccination card. Oh, oh my God. It just, that just not give you headlines ever. Unreal. So, I mean, uh, all of that aside, if the guy's already come, it's like David Montgomery is a good example. He's already come back and he looked great. And he's had a bye week now to get even healthier. I feel like he is good to go for the rest of the season. There's no reason that you should expect he'll get re-injured any more than any other running back would get injured, you know? So I look at him as like a fully healthy. Now I'm going to look at his average points and see how he really stacks up, you know? And when you do that, you get a, you get a better idea of sure. the kind of caliber of player you're dealing with. And that may allow you to make a deal with somebody who is either frustrated because they haven't played a lot or forgets how good that person really is, you know? I think that's and, probably the keys that forgetting how good they really are. Yeah. I mean, I know we just literally brought him up. Antonio Brown's a great example. Like you've forgotten because you think he just gets lost in that Tampa Bay offense, but then you're like, Oh wait, he was the most targeted receiver. Oh wait, he was averaging 15, 16, 17 points a game. Oh wait. Like, so that's the stuff you forget, especially since he's been out so long, just uh, getting counterfeit documents. That's right. Well, and I'll just use those two as an example. So, AB is actually averaging 19 points per 19. game. Sheesh. He's the number four receiver on average points per game ahead of Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, Hollywood Brown, CD Lamb, Cordell Patterson. Like AB was right behind Cooper Cup, Debo, and Tyree Kill. He's the fourth average scorers per game in wide receivers. All right. David Montgomery is averaging over 13 points a game, and some of that is getting injured mid game. And he can um, hit us a dud or two in the beginning. But he, yeah. he did have a dud or two in the beginning. He kind of hit his stride. But so he's still a top 20 running back. And so 
Um, and I would say like they were hit or miss as an offense, right. For a while there. Um, but I think that no one has really questioned like how he, how well he was running the ball at least. So I don't know. I, maybe I have more faith in him than the average person, but like AB is a really good example of yeah. guy coming back from injury, throwing up big numbers. You forget about attention to him. Right. Yeah. I think probably the last kind of tiebreaker you have to consider is looking at your ski, your team and, and their schedules is considering weather slash stadium. Like that can make a difference. You kind of, you're looking to try and get those offenses that have the warm weather uh, situations or even domes, because as we've seen in the past couple of weeks, weather can make a big difference. Uh, you know, in our league, we don't have kickers or anything like that. So we don't have to necessarily worry about, um, you know, that aspect of it, but look at, uh, the Seattle and Green Bay game from last week in that huge frigid snowstorm, you know, Roger struggled. Obviously, Russell Wilson had the worst game of potentially his career. Um, you look at Pittsburgh and Detroit. That was a slop fest. That was just sloshy. Couldn't throw the ball. And you go all the way back to when the Patriots played the Bucks. You have Tom Brady, who's QB one on the season. He had one of his worst games. Um, so weather can make a difference. So you might want to be looking again, as a, as a tiebreaker for those teams who don't have to worry about that kind of weather. So your, your Southern teams, your, your teams in domes. So if you're really getting into the weeds and really diving deep into the data and analytics of it, weather can be a factor. For sure. And I'd say like, we don't have kickers, but I have several leagues where you do. And I start thinking about like, I don't want a kickers kicking out of Chicago at the end <laughs> of the year. Cause it's like freezing and so windy and the wind affects kickers a ton. Right. I don't typically want a quarterback in Chicago either because of the same reason, the wind. Um, but the guys that play up in like green Bay, for instance, has some of the same issues, but like they're, they're used to it as well. So you also That's have to true. consider that it's like an offensive player in green Bay, like Aaron Rodgers doesn't get worse in December. In fact, sometimes he's way better because the saying, teams visit them and they're terrible traveling on the road. You got to look at those matchups. Like when they're going to green Bay, like oh, that's for why, sure. you know, the sure. Page, so the Patriots and dolphins historically, which is so weird, the dolphins. Oh, when the Patriots were in their heyday, like winning super bowls being always win the AFC East. For whatever reason, when the Patriots would travel down to Miami late in the season, they would always lose. It just it always happens. Too warm down here. It's too warm. <laughs> we're not used to this. But you know, conversely, the Dolphins when they were solid, they you'd always want them to come up to New England in December because yeah. they're not used to it. It would be brutal for them. So whenever the schedule comes out, it's like ah, damn it, we got the Dolphins in September at home. Like that sucks because it kind of yeah. wastes that little home field advantage. So I think yep. looking at the road does help. I mean, it does matter. Yeah. And I, I just, I love players in domes, man. You just don't even have to worry about <laughs> it. You know, I don't want to sit here and be like, is it going to rain? Is it, is the rain going to turn to ice? Is it going to like sleet? Is it going to so be stockpile snowing? on like, your Falcons, on your saints, on your lions, get all those guys, man. Hey, assuming they've got home games. Yeah. And there are some <laughs> teams where like their home and away games are, are in domes like toward the end of the season, which is great. Um, but yeah, you, you want to pay some attention to that. So again, these are like kind of tiebreakers, you know, like, I, right. I, again, I wouldn't sit Aaron Rodgers who's playing in green Bay in a snowstorm because like he knows how to play in that. And so does Devonte Adams, by the way, who's a freaking amazing in a snowstorm <laughs> and they can put up some big numbers for you. So don't, don't worry about that, but, uh, it's something to consider. Sure. You know, the last thing you want is to get their championship and be like, great. I've got a, like the Pittsburgh Detroit game. I got to play Deontay Johnson in a game where you literally can't throw the ball. Awesome. You know, I'm counting on him, you know? So that sucks. True. We put together a list of some, some folks I think are good acquisition targets, or at least people you should be looking at and maybe making moves for. Um, you want to run through these with the folks? Let's tell them this. what's up. Yeah, we're right. starting. Let's uh, start off with the quarterback position. I'll let Kemper talk about this guy. Cause this is his main man on his bench. He's, he's been starting him in Russell's absence, but, not Russell. Who am I talking about? Yeah. Been, yeah. And Russell. Yeah, that's right. You have Russ. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. So you've been starting one Jalen Hurts. You want to go for him? Yeah, Jalen Hurts. The guy's uh, obviously been super steady as a fantasy quarterback. And at the same time, he's not like, I don't think anyone considers him like their number one quarterback. You know, it's very rare in the leagues that I'm in. He's always like, and Dak Prescott or and Russell Wilson right. and somebody else. Um, but he's putting up starter numbers. He's put, he's like a top five, I think, quarterback this year. His last three games, at least weeks 15, 16, and 17, which in a lot of, like this is very important, know when your playoffs are. But weeks 15, 16, and 17, which is when our playoffs are, he's got Washington, New York Giants, Washington. All right. Those are three really good matchups for quarterbacks. And I think if you've got Hurts, you can start him all three of those weeks. He could he can run you straight to a championship, you know? Uh, just for stat boy, Jalen Hurts is the sixth ranked quarterback. There you go. Sixth ranked quarterback. I don't know that most people really feel that way because he's like, I don't know. I don't know if it's because he has been an inconsistent NFL quarterback. And you're kind of right. like, ah, I don't feel great about trotting out at Jalen Hurts. Again, it's a name. Up. It's a name, man. You, yeah. But you, you take that name away, you look at the resume. It's like, oh, yeah, give me that guy. So he's been blowing up. You don't think yeah. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, think, oh, wait, up. he was the guy who was replaced by Tua Tagovailoa, and he was a guy who went to Oklahoma and then picked in the second round. He sat behind Carson. So, yeah, that's what you think. And then, yeah. oh, wait a second. He's doing all right. Yeah, he's a stud. I mean, he's been running ex- extremely well. Yeah. Um, he does have, I will mention, he does have a week 14 bye. So he's a guy, if you're going to go after him, just be remember, wary he's got a bye on your last regular season game, potentially. So uh, make sure you've got another quarterback there. But there, you can always stream in that, that game, too. Um, next guy up. We got Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. Yeah. Wow. So this is interesting. Um, and he like maybe his name's kind of fallen off the radar a bit because he's been inconsistent. Earlier in the season, he was like a really hot streamer candidate. Yep. He has got a five week stretch where he's got really good matchups. Minus one. He's got Washington, Kansas City, Cleveland, Denver's not a great matchup, and then Indy. And for quarterbacks, you're looking at the the best, the second best, the sixth best the 28th best, which is Denver, <laughs> which is and then the fifth best matchups. These are really good matchups. It'll not only help you in the playoffs, but also carry you to the end of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Someone to consider. Again, you're not going to throw away Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. There are certain names you just don't want to get rid of. But if you are streaming quarterbacks, if you've been in trouble with quarterbacks, or you're not happy with your guys' performance, Derek Carr could help you down the stretch. For sure. Next guy we're kind of looking at is uh, one Ryan Tannehill. You know, at the beginning of the year, he was he was pretty consistent. He was riding pretty high. Um, obviously, once Derrick Henry got hurt, he kind of took a little bit of a dip as did the entire offense. But he's still a guy who can who can light up the the, the fantasy scoreboard. And he does have a good three week stretch. Keep in mind, they actually do still have their bye week as well. Uh, I believe they're week thirteen. But uh, at the end of the season, they they finished the year with Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and Miami. So Pittsburgh's not as great as a matchup they're the 26th rank uh against the pass but san francisco is, is only seventh and uh and miami is the eighth best matchup so ryan Tannehill could be similar to Derek Carr, um a good matchup to a good matchup guy to look for as, as a quarterback yeah and he's one where um as they get healthier and maybe julio's back by then and i'm expecting like they're going to be i think they're going to be battling for that number one seed in the afc as crazy as it sounds um because their schedule is considered to be the easiest in the second right. half in the NFL. So, so you know he's going to be playing, and he's going yeah, to they're, trying they're to winning games. Him. They're going to they're going to try and play. So this one where it's like they may have the division locked up, or they may have the playoffs locked up, but they may still be playing because there's only one playoff. There's only buy. one buy. Yeah, yeah. There's only one buy this year in each division. So um, he he very well will likely be playing in that San Francisco Miami game. And again, so for me, I'm thinking like the Pittsburgh matchup is not great. If you have if you happen to have a week one buy in your playoffs, which 
I'm shooting for personally week 14. I don't care about as much or week 15. I don't care about as much. I'm looking at week 16 and 17. And that's where he's got the seventh and eighth best matchups mm-hmm. um, for Tannehill. All right. Last guy who we got here. Dak Prescott. Um, but let's be honest. I don't know how many people are going to be dishing Dak towards the end of the year. He's been a stud all year, but he's got great. He's got two amazing matchups because he's got to play the Washington football team twice. Uh, and then he's going against the Giants where, um, you know, they're they're middle of the pack, but they can they can definitely have be a sieve and let those uh, receivers get by him. And then they end with the Cardinals. So at that point, you're hoping maybe you've already locked it up if your season's already over. But um, he's got some good matchups and. and but again, I feel like, and Kemper and I were talking about this before the show started. There are also some guys that you just are going to start regardless. So yeah, he's playing the Cardinals who have the 29th. It's the 29th most favorable passing matchup. You're not going to bench Dak Prescott. That could be a shootout too, right? Exactly. So you also got to take some of these uh, matchups with a grain of salt, but it's good to know. Um, but yeah, Dak's a great guy to look at if you can pry him from someone because um, he's he's been a stud and will continue to be with these matchups he's got. So he's one where you actually would consider going like, I will trade you Tom Brady for Dak Prescott, something like that, where you're, you're looking at an absolutely elite player because they're both elite mm-hmm. and then you're splitting hairs on the schedule, you know, right. and that could make a difference. If these are games that you feel like, listen, I know it's Brady and he's, he's killing it, but it's also Dak's also killing it. And like, okay, so they're even players. I just like his matchups better. I like the, I like what's going to happen here. Like I see them in the same boat as I do Tennessee where I'm like, they could play that Arizona game could be for a first round buy, you know, that really could matter. And, and in that case, you're going to see a, a firework display, you know? True. Man. So there, I don't know. If I I'm, trade I'm, not trading, Brady. I'm not trading Tom Brady for <laughs> Derek or Ryan Tannehill. Right. Um, personally, I would do it for Dak Prescott. Like I, I believe in Dak that much, you know, yeah, but you know how I feel about Dak and I know how you feel about Brady. Right. I have Tom Brady. You don't have Dak. So that's true. Let's move on to running backs. And um, this first name I'm going to give you is for the sake of schedule, you can make your own judgment on how you feel about this player, but it's a great looking schedule toward the end of the season. Daryl Henderson, he's been a really hot start to the season. He's he cooled has. off a little bit lately. The the Rams have got to get right. There's something going on there. If you believe they get right, his playoff schedule for running back looks really good. Seattle, mm-hmm. Minnesota, and Baltimore. You're talking the second best, 11th best, and 12th best run defenses to play against for a running back. Um, he's been a little bit banged up. He's been a little bit inconsistent, but his schedule gets way better. That's someone you could probably make a low ball offer for even and end up maybe, maybe even stash him for a little bit and then throw him in when it really matters. And the good thing about those matchups too, is you figure those are going to be games where the Rams are going to be winning. So then you think, okay, they're going to be running the ball more, get the clock moving. So while they're also a favorable defensive matchup, you're going to think just as a whole, that's going to help as well because the Rams should be favored and should be winning and, and want to run the ball more that's right next i'm going to move on to a guy i mentioned before here we got david montgomery so he's got a great playoff matchup he's got minnesota seattle and the new york giants 11th second everyone's just playing minnesota seattle it's like yep just play anybody who plays these guys whoever plays their defenses you're good to go (laughs) um 11th second and seventh best matchups for running backs so for his last three weeks those are pretty good I've got a couple of names here that I think I would like to do uh, a bit of a game here where you tell me who you'd rather have the rest of the season between these players. And okay. maybe you're like, I don't want David Montgomery at all. So that's fine. <laughs> so it's like, I'll take everyone else. But I'm trying to give people like some options of who, who you might consider offering for a player like this. If you've got someone like Cordero Patterson on your team, who's been rock solid this year, uh, but God knows the Falcons have been God awful. 
Would you consider trading him for David Montgomery? I would just because my Falcons, my beloved Falcons are on a downward trend and um, they have looked terrible. So yeah, I know Cordero Patterson had the the huge start and up until he's, he's a little banged up right now. So I would definitely trade him for David Montgomery. Yes. Okay. How about James Conner? You know, if Chase Edmonds was still playing and not on the IR, um, I would definitely say David Montgomery, but now that Connor does seem to be a little more of the lead back, but ooh, that's a, that's a toss up, but I think I'd still go with Montgomery just knowing that he is going to be the lead back 100% where James will split a little bit. Okay. How about Antonio Gibson? I want you to weigh in on that. Cause you had Antonio Gibson and you, and you ditched him. So what do you think? I did ditch him. And there's some talk about how maybe this past week was like, Hey, he's back, you know? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't trust it. I don't want any part of Washington. Get rid of Gibson. I would trade Gibson for Montgomery straight up. Okay. And then, uh, Leonard Fournette you have listed here and, and I have Leonard Fournette and yeah. you know, he, he's coming on strong. He started the year a little, not as great just because who's going to be clear cut starter. How's the offense going to look? Um, he's obviously the number one guy. Um, so this is a tough one. This is very tough. Uh, but, I think the only tiebreaker going forward is just because I have Tom Brady. So I'd keep Leonard Fournette kind of hedging my bets on who's going to score in the offense. But oh, if I didn't have Brady, it, that's a, that's a pick for me. So I, I agree with you. I think Fournette has got some upside um, for sure. Let me read you Fournette's week 14, 15 and 16 schedule. And this is where okay. schedule may come in. And yes. I don't know. And maybe it doesn't because it's Tom Brady and you don't, I mean, you don't <laughs> care about Tom Brady's schedule, but Buffalo, New Orleans, Carolina for a running back. That's the worst matchup for a running back. Buffalo. The third worst, which is New Orleans, and the fourth worst, which is Carolina. Hmm. Those are three of the four toughest matchups that you can get for a running back. Okay, and so here's week the question. 14, which is the end of the regular season, and then the first two weeks of the playoffs. So here's my question. You have David Montgomery. I have Leonard Fournette. Would you do that swap? No. Okay. I would keep Montgomery personally. Because of the matchups? In large part because of those matchups. Okay. When I'm going to need him most, I'm worried about him. And, you know, we've seen Fournette against the Saints once. He put up seven points. Um, I don't think they played Carolina yet. They played them twice at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But the Carolina run defense has been solid. I mean, listen, Fournette can get involved in the passing game. So can right, Montgomery. That, yeah. I'll know a lot. I, unfortunately, I'll know a lot more this week when we see Montgomery against Baltimore coming out of the bye and see if the Bears look like they're figuring anything out. Yeah. We don't have that time in, in some leagues where the trade deadline is tomorrow, for instance. But yeah, I, I like Montgomery um, rest of the season personally. Okay, that's fair. And I certainly like him more than Chris Carson rest of the season. Oh, <laughs> burn. Hey, Do it, board burn. His, his neck hurts. He was carrying the team too much. <laughs> that's why. All right, here's another guy who has a favorable schedule down the stretch. we got James Robinson in Jacksonville. And he has been a stud. I mean, he's been a legit stud. Yes. Despite their team being terrible. He's got Houston, the Jets, and the Patriots. Patriots always a tough matchup. Uh, Houston is actually tenth best against tenth uh, best matchup for running backs. The Jets are the best matchup for running backs. <laughs> Patriots are middle of the road, fifteenth best. What do you think about James Robinson? I liked him. Um, he started off the season a little, little slow, but man, he had some monster weeks back to back to back. Uh, I mean, the only question mark is the Jaguars, and if they're going to be playing from behind, which they have typically been this entire season. He obviously got a little banged up early in the year. So if we're looking at the same guys, you have, you know, a quarter all Patterson, James Conner, Gibson and Fournette of those four, I would definitely offer Connor. I would definitely, 
I think I would have to offer Gibson just from what everything you were saying with Washington and their inconsistency and, and his inconsistency. Uh, Fournette, I think I would hang on to. And Patterson, to me, is a toss-up. So when I'm looking at Robinson's game log here, I mean, I think about, you talk about them getting blown out in certain games. They lost 37-19 to to the Titans. He put up 18 carries for 149 yards and a touchdown. He had 22.9 points. All right. They get blown out by Arizona, 31-19. That doesn't sound like a blowout, but I don't think it was that close. (laughs) 25.4 points. So it doesn't seem to matter if they're in contention or not. I mean, Mm because he's getting passing down work too. I guess I just think I think he's I think he's performed way better than I like I didn't even realize it until I started doing this exercise last night pulling up his numbers for everybody. I mean I think he's performed way better than I even realized. Yes. And I think he he's had, name, from like a name value standpoint, people don't give him any credit. Right. Again, because you see Jacksonville and it's like, who is James yeah. Robinson? Yeah. He had three monster games in a row when he played the Cardinals, the Bengals, and the Titans. And uh, and I'll throw in uh, the Dolphins. He had a good a good game there. So yeah, I, uh, so that's four in a row where you got 19 plus and that then is past like then he was injured where he had a half game. So you got four, 4.9. Right. You missed the game, came back 18.4 against Indy. So he's right back on track. I mean, you're talking 18 points in the last five full games he's played. Do you take him over all of those four guys? I would. Okay. And I think it's because he's getting all the workload yeah. and also the schedule. And um, I think he's like. Just name again, name value. I think people don't realize. I think you could probably get him for cheaper. Yeah, I really think you could get him for cheaper um, because he's he's not Dalvin Cook, you know. Right. That's true. Uh, But he is he is fifteen point nine nine points per game average. Aaron Jones sixteen point oh nine. Dalvin Cook fifteen point six seven. And Dalvin's left a couple early, right? At least a couple early. But Robinson left one early too. And so you're looking at like he's he's sandwiched in between those two guys that have way better name value. Right. Okay. You know, that, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah. So here's one who has been kind of a, a hot player all year, DeAndre Swift. Um, he's starting to get some pretty good name value, and he's averaging about 18 points a game himself. But he finishes the season with a tough week 14 matchup or week 15 matchup and two great playoff matchups in 16 and 17 championship round. He's got Arizona, Atlanta, Seattle. Um if you can make it through that first round of the playoffs against Arizona, what will probably be a tough matchup, you get Atlanta and Seattle, the next two, that could be a league winner. Take that. And I think you could potentially, you could offer Cordero for him as well. I mean, he's kind of been in a similar, like Cordero's average 17.62, Swift has averaged 17.99. You could potentially offer Cordero for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have to package, you know, you may have to package some players together, but that's a good schedule if you if you can get him. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm high on DeAndre. He's literally the only option in Detroit. So. so I thought this next one was really interesting um, because, once again, kind of like Derek Carr, you've got like a six-game stretch here where these guys have got a great matchup. Unfortunately, they're splitting work. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, and Denver. These guys have got – just listen to the, the rushing defenses they're playing against. Fourth best, 18th best. Third best, sixth best, ninth best, fourth best <laughs> matchups. Okay. They are some cake matchups. There's one that's like medium, which is the Chiefs. All right. And all the rest of them are top ten for running backs. And you want you want the easiest ones, right? So I think both these guys could be good acquisition targets to be a flex for you for your playoff run, sure. honestly. And if one of them takes over, look out. You know? 
I think everyone kept saying it was going to be Javante taking over. And personally, I like to see it, but Melvin's played really well. I was going to say, I feel like Melvin Gordon has been more of the surprise this season, just especially when, you know, they started off the season three and oh, and a lot of that was due to Melvin Gordon. Uh, he surprised people. Everyone thought, oh, he'll just be buried in Denver. He's not the Melvin Gordon of old when he was on the Chargers, but he's been a very solid flex play. Yeah, I think he'd be a great he'd be a great player to pick up for your flex. Either one of these guys, because they're both playable each week. Oh, honestly, yeah. they're getting like a 50 50 split and they're going to end up with a really great schedule. These are guys that you probably flexed otherwise, like Miles Gaskin for you, for instance. Zach Moss, Chase Edmonds, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, potentially seeing what happens this week. Those are guys you could probably offer for a Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams. And I think you'd, you'd end up pretty happy with where you end up with those guys. All right, the last running back we got here is Elijah Mitchell in San Francisco. Uh, he's been really good when he's been the starter, and he didn't start for the first you know five, six weeks. But the guy's been balling out. He did get banged up, and we'll see if he plays this weekend or not. But I think if he returns the main back, He's got a great schedule down the stretch. He's got five games. He's got the second best matchup, sixth best matchup, fifth, 26th against Tennessee, and then 10th for championship round. So he's got Seattle, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston. That's a it's a good stretch of five games there that could help you end your regular season on a high and could carry you through the playoffs. He's a guy I think you could offer someone like Antonio Gibson, Michael Carter, maybe even think about Josh Jacobs. Um if you're willing to part with those guys, they've got much better name value than he does. And he could be a stud for you. Yeah. He's been one of the more pleasant surprises for San Francisco. I know they've been, they've been really up and down, but he has really been a a workhorse for him when he's been healthy and playing. So he's definitely a look. I would take him over all those guys, even Josh Jacobs, just because he's been inconsistent and so has their team. So yeah, Elijah, man. And I would think someone would be like Josh Jacobs. Ooh, he's, he's He's a big big deal. I'll take him. I'll give up Elijah Mitchell. Who's, you know, I mean, the, the thing is, the people that have these people are going to be like, yeah, they've they've been blown up for me, so I know they're pretty good. But there's still probably there's still a chance they're going to like too much to pass up something yeah. like Josh Jacobs, you know? True. And they're going to be like, oh, I traded Elijah Mitchell for Josh Jacobs. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to be like, well, end of the season, this dude's balling out, you know? Gotcha, bitch. Let's move on to some receivers. Let's do that. I th- I'm going to queue you up because you've got Deontay Johnson. So would you accept any trade offers for him? Um, I've, I, of course I would accept a trade offer for him, but he's got a great matchup down the stretch. He's got several, uh, he's got Minnesota in week 14. That's the seventh best matchup takes on my Titans. That's the best matchup for receivers right now. <laughs> he's got Kansas city 18th best. And then Cleveland in the championship round, which is the ninth best matchup for receivers. I think that's a good four game stretch to get you to the last week, of the regular season through the playoffs. Um, I would be trying to target Deontay Johnson with someone like Terry McLaurin, Mike Williams, who both have been really good receivers this year, right? Um, but are kind of in that similar ilk, and I think would would be at least something that someone would consider trading. Okay. Um, yeah, I I do love those matchups. The only question mark for Deontay for me is just the quarterback position. But I mean, he's shown he's doing, been doing well with Ben all year, so that's probably not going to be a huge concern. Yeah, I think if Ben's if Ben's back and healthy ish. He can get he can he can throw the ball eight yards. All right. <laughs> he can do that. He can do that twenty times and I'm good. <laughs> Next, we'll go to my boyfriend C D and his counterpart, Amari Cooper. The uh Cowboys have got themselves a nice little schedule down the stretch. Yeah. Look out. We got New Orleans, Washington, Giants, Washington, Arizona. So for receivers, that's the sixth best, second best, seventeenth best, second best, and twenty first best matchups 
to end the regular season and go into the playoffs. I think you'd go for either one of these guys and you'd return pretty good value. For someone like CD, who has outscored Cooper, I'd go as high as someone like Mike Evans, who I think mm. people would think is like, oh, that's a legit trade offer, you know? Right. But I like CD's schedule. I don't like Evans. I don't like his schedule. Um, and and there are more mouths to feed, honestly, in Tampa as AB gets healthy and Gronk is healthy. And then I think if you're looking at Cooper, again, McLaurin or Mike Williams um, have outperformed him so far, but I'd, I'd rather have him down the stretch than those guys. Okay. Yeah, I think those are – I would take all those deals for sure. Um, Mike Evans has been – Mike Evans has been good this year, but I feel like he's also just a little deceiving because he's had huge – a couple he of does huge that games. every year, man. He'll yeah. get a three or four touchdown game and he'll do it three times a, a season. And you're just like, God, what a monster. And, and then, then he'll get shut down by Marshawn Lattimore, you know, every year. You love Marshawn Lattimore. You always name drop him. He freaking owns Mike Evans. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a thing. And so does James Bradbury, who they're playing this weekend. Like these guys just own Mike Evans. So just like fade, 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 fade. Okay. That's fair. Anyway, mini rant. A mini rant. Uh, next, we got my guy, DeAndre Hopkins, who has had an up-and-down year. Uh, obviously, he's battled some injuries, but he's got some um, some decent matchups going down the line. So he starts with the Lions, who's the 19th against the pass. Then he's got Indianapolis, who's fifth uh, against the pass, and then Dallas with 13th. So favorable matchups down the line. The only kind of negative for him right now is he still has yet to have his bye week. So that's one thing to consider if you're if you're looking to target, to target DeAndre um, as we were talking about this, Kemper's coming up with some ideas of maybe offering a Tyler Lockett, once again, Terry McLaurin, or a Mike Williams for him. Um, Tyler would be the only question mark for me just because, as as we talked about to him this entire season, he's very inconsistent, and especially with Russell still coming back. But that's just me personally with Tyler Lockett. But um, otherwise, those are all viable options between McLaurin. <laughs> yeah, and, and here's Mike. the thing about Hopkins. Like you said, he's got this bye week coming up, right? He's also... Probably not going to play this week. So right. that's, like and his bye is next week. week. <laughs> so you're having two weeks in a row where whoever has him is probably not going to have him the next two weeks. And so you start thinking. I'm taking notes, you, Kemper. I know. I'm you taking need, notes. I know. <laughs> We've had this conversation offline. Like, do you need to win the next two weeks? Right? I do need to and win. If and you, if you do, then honestly, the value for DeAndre Hopkins has got to go down. And you've got to be willing to negotiate because it doesn't matter how good he is in the playoffs if you don't get to the playoffs. Right. You know? And Ethan and I are trying to work out a deal, and and I'm not lowballing him by any stretch. I mean, we're talking about Chris Godwin here, who he's lowballing me, who has been has been better than DeAndre Hopkins anyway. But I mean, I think if you look at these guys, Lockett, McLaurin, Williams, like someone's got to think if they need to win, and they're they're not going to be with him next two weeks. I don't know. It's it's worth an offer out there. I would just say that. Oh, trust me, I'm I'm considering these offers, and maybe after we go through these last two, we'll we'll throw it out there and see what the people have to think. All right, we got Devontae Smith, who's coming off those two back-to-back 20-point games in Philadelphia. We talked about Jalen Hurts' schedule. It's every bit as good for the receivers. Washington, New York Giants, Washington, second, Washington. 17th, second. All right, he's got that week 14 bye, like Is we talked about. Is everybody just playing Washington twice? Have they not played any divisional games? <laughs> That is everyone on this list, yes. <laughs> There's the a reason Cowboys, for that. <laughs> the Cowboys are playing them twice. The Eagles are playing them twice. Have yeah. they played anybody in the division? Go find as many giant. Cowboys and Eagles as you can. <laughs> <laughs> Line them up. Jeez. Uh, the running backs also, I will say, for the Eagles, same thing. But there's just not, I don't know who to trust there. Like yeah. I'd say Miles Sanders actually has got a great schedule if he can get his job back. If they actually play him. Yeah. Um, but you got a week 14 bye with Devontae, so you got to consider that. If you're going to need him that week, you can't go get him. But if you don't need him, 
for the playoffs. That's a great schedule. Mm-hmm. And and he is someone who has not performed like an Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. He's done really well, but he's been kind of inconsistent. I look at Cortland Sutton, who's also been inconsistent. I look at T. Higgins, who has been more consistent. More consistent. Is probably a better player, but he's going to have a tough schedule down the stretch. And Devontae might be a better play. I like Devontae. He's really coming on. Um, the past two games have been good, and, and it's fun to watch. I liked him in college, too. Just And I always hate that it's, he's a smaller receiver. You know, He wins the Heisman. and all. He does everything right. And so I, I personally like him. He's a stud. The Eagles are coming on, surprisingly. So, And shoot, they got Washington twice. What more can you say? Did you know one of his nicknames is the Slim Reaper? I did not know that. <laughs> I think that's awesome. That is amazing. <laughs> I went embracing funny. your skinniness. <laughs> Towards the end of his Alabama career, I didn't realize how small he was. And um, I just hate that he was getting the knock on that. He was, what, the third or fourth receiver drafted, and he was the Heisman winner. But yeah, Heisman doesn't necessarily equal to NFL success, but it's just kind of like, man, what else does this guy have to do? Yeah. Well, the last receiver we've got on here is his, his Heisman teammate, Right. Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, rookie in Miami out of Alabama. He's got the Jets, the um, Saints, and the Titans, his last three. 14th, 6th, and 1st matchups for wide receivers. Great matchups here. That's if you can trust Miami, which I think Waddle has shown that you can trust him. You can trust him. They've got a week 14 bye as well, so you've got to consider that. But I would offer those same guys, Cortland Sutton, T. Higgins. Um, they've got better name value. You might be able to get Waddle or Smith. Uh, from somebody who needs what needs a trade. What week was it where Jalen Waddle had what twelve receptions for like thirty yards? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Weird. I think he had like nineteen targets one week or something insane. But yeah, he had, like, he, had, he, had the, he had the least yards per catch in the history of the NFL, and it was like fourteen for sixty or something. Jeez, it was insane. Yeah, something crazy like that. That is insane. Wow, um, but yeah, so that's a lot of targets, man. I think this is a great list. Uh, I think I definitely am going to be paying heed to this list as I am in a desperate push for the playoffs. So, so should we talk about our potential offer or, or save that for offline? Well, we can throw it out there. See what the people think. See what the people think. So as we briefly mentioned, I currently have Deandre Hopkins and as Kemper has mentioned, he's still hurting, probably not playing this week. And then he has his bye week. So it's as if he has two bye weeks coming up. Kemper's sitting in a great position because he has a playoff spot already locked up. I'm, fighting for that uh those last two playoff spots so i i really need to have big consistent weeks the next couple of weeks and deandre has not been doing that for me so kemper came up with the offer of offering um chris godwin and tj hawkinson for deandre hopkins and george kittle and i do feel like i am falling victim to the name value because it's deandre hopkins how can i trade away nuke one of the top receivers in the past five years and uh, it's killing me inside, but he has not been consistently healthy. And even when he is playing, he, he's been a little boomer bust for me. So it, it's tough. George Kittle, obviously just coming back from his injury. Uh, the, the two weeks he has been back, he's, he's been doing great. Um, yeah. But he is injury prone. And, uh, you know, the 49ers are still trying to figure it out. But I think he is going to be a center point of that offense. So I'm trying to upgrade my tight end because yes. I don't trust Hawkinson. And right. he just gave me a he gave me a bagel and now I'm ready to fire him. Now, <laughs> now I, like I said in the pod, I'm happy that to find out that it was a slop vest and that no one could throw anyway. Exactly. I don't expect that going forward, but I, that's the one position of my team where I'm just like, I could use an upgrade. Mm-hmm. All right. And Kemper <clears throat> also has the, the luxury of depth too. So he has uh, some good depth at the wide receiver position. Like currently he can't even start Michael Pittman 
uh, with where his team is at right now, which he would be starting for a lot of the guys. So I'm actually trying to pry him as part of the deal as well. Uh, but for some reason, he doesn't like T.Y. Hill. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's the offer as it stands right now. DeAndre Hopkins and George Kittle for uh, T.J. Hawkinson and Chris Godwin. So let us know. Shoot us a text. Actually, you can't. You don't have our phone numbers. That would be weird. Shoot us an email. Sign up for the email list. Let us know what you think. Yeah, and like I think you made a great point there, too. I'll just say one last thing. Like earlier in the season, you'd be like, dude, that's my second round pick and my fourth round pick. Like no way. Or my mm-hmm. third, you know, second and third or whatever. And even with the names, like, ah, oh, it's DeAndre Hopkins. I can never do that, you know? And, and if you look at where you drafted them, yeah, it's it's not fair. I drafted Godwin in the fourth or fifth or something, and I drafted Hawkinson in the sixth or seventh. You know, like, that's my fourth and seventh for your second and third, right? right. That's, a, that's a garbage trade. Um, that's just not how it works anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like, at some point, you have to accept the how season the season plays out. out. <laughs> and it's just, I do believe DeAndre Hopkins will finish the year strong, and I yes. know you do too. Okay? Exactly. We've just seen it too many times. Like, I just, I have full faith in him. Um, but I'm just saying but like, for me, you, have to, you have to release those. Yeah. And the thing that Kemper has going for him is he doesn't need to win right now. He's probably going to regardless, but he's locked up a playoff spot. So he's, he's golden. He's just looking for upgrades that will get him that final championship push. For me, the fact that DeAndre Hopkins still has his buy is weighing heavily on me. And he basically has a second buy because he's not playing this week. So that's why I'm strongly considering it because I need to win now. But, Love to hear what you have to say. Uh, I think if I should throw in Marvin Jones for, um, <laughs> for Michael Pittman, I think Kemper would love that. So let's do that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> if you can give me TY, I think it's a deal. <laughs> all right, man. That'll do it. If you guys have any trade questions at all, feel free to shoot us a note. Like Ethan said, Kemper at Folding Cheese is the email. Hit us up on our Facebook group on Twitter. It's the FITC podcast. And sign up for our emails. Email.foldingthecheese.com. We'll get you on the email list. We want to hear about your playoff pushes, who you guys are riding, who which horses you're riding, or who you're targeting. So let us know. We want to, we want to help you. We want to see what's going on. So do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right, man. Well, as always, keep on folding. Fold it. I'm rich. I start my own hotel. I start my own hotel in Bratislava.